You know what it is, Thursday mornings, Vivid Nectar Podcast. We're starting off with the music, starting off with the tracks. Let's get to it. I invented sweat. Popping bottles, putting supermodels in a cat. Proof. I guess I got my swagger back. Truth. New watch alert. New blows. Or the big face rolly, I got two of those. Arm out the window through the city, I'm a new slow. Cock back, snap back, see my cut through the holes. Damn, easy and hove. Where the hell you been? Niggas talking real reckless. Stop, man. I adopted these niggas. Fill up drumming them. Now I'm about to make them tuck their whole summer in. They say I'm crazy, but I'm about to go dumb again. They ain't see me cause I pulled up in my other bins. Last week I was in my other, other bins. All your diamonds up, cool. We in this bitch another game Photoshoot fresh Looking like wealth I'm about to call a paparazzi on myself uh, Live from the Mercer Run up on Yeezy the wrong way I might murk it Flee in the G450 I might surface Political refugee asylum can be purchased uh, Everything's for sale Got five passports I'm never going to jail I made Jesus walk so I'm never going to hell Couture level flow is never going on sale Luxury rap The Hermes of verses Sophisticated Ignorance, write my curses and cursive. I get it custom. You a customer, you ain't custom to going through customs. You ain't been nowhere, huh? And all the ladies in the house got them showing out. I'm done, I hit you up, man. Nah. Welcome to Havana. Smoking Cubanos with Castro and Cabanas. Via Mexico. Cubano, Dominicano, all the plugs that I know Driving Benzes, with no benefits Not bad, huh, for some immigrants Build your fences, we digging tunnels Can't you see we getting money up under you? Can't you see the private jets flying over you? Maybach bumper stickery, what we're overdue? Jay is chilling, yay is chilling What more can I say? We killing them, hold up, before we end this campaign As you can see, we done bodied the damn lanes Lord, please let them accept the Things that can't change And pray that all of their pain be champagne Alright, JC Kanye West Otis off the album Watch the Throne Released in 2010, 2011 Going on from there We're going to be going into Kendrick Lamar, Rich Spirit, Mr. Morale And the Big Steppers Taking my baby to school, then I pray for Cause you bitches ain't never been cool Writing testament, painting pictures Put me in the Louvre, that's a definite Universal shift, I'm in the groove A celebrity do not mean integrity, you fool I'm a good man, shake your hand Firm grip, rule, 72 wins, lost 10 Balling with the flu, more than 2 M's For a show, but add another 2 Little mm-hmm. man, man, the big man's the GT down and flipping the kickstand mm-hmm. Rich nigga, broke phone Trying to keep the balance, I'm staying strong Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song Hey, bitch, I'm attractive Can't fuck with you no more, I'm fasting uh, Bitch, I'm attractive Can't fuck with you no more, I'm fasting uh, Theme of reality, you can wait, feedback on low latency I'm catching from the face, that's my thoughts grow sacredly I'm running out of space, ask when is she okay? Never mind a honey cake, why you lying on Benjamin? He turning in his grave, I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't get it Shit away, the aloof Buddha, I'm Christ with a shooter Praise to Muhammad, I might make a loser AP, Michael Friedman, my friend's cooler Primary, so the resale face stupid I would never love my life on a computer IG, I get you life for a chicka booyah More power to ya Love 
one from a distance Why you always in the mirror more than the bitches And my cousin tried to sue me like he got the privilege But I didn't lose sleep cause I got the spirit Hey, bitch nigga, broke phone Trying to keep the balance, I'm staying strong Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song Hey, bitch I'm attractive Can't fuck with you no more, I'm fasting We dress up the score, give me that brother Spirit medium, I'm rap brother We headed there now, are you strapped brother? Hey, peacemaker, but I'm not naive brother hey, Gotta watch your homies and police brother hey, Cloud chasing, hell of a disease brother I'm fasting, four days out the week brother I pray to God that you realize the entourage is dead I pray to God that you not lacking when you off the meds I pray to God she know them Cabo trips don't last forever Bitch, you argue with her mama, go and get them kids I pray to God you actually pray when somebody dies Thoughts and prayers, way better off timelines False claiming, not cute, I'm mortified The new earth and high pursuit, 200 lives Bitch nigga, broke phone Trying to keep the balance, I'm staying strong Stop playing with me for a turn to a song Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song Hey, bitch, I'm attractive Can't fuck with you no more, I'm fasting Bitch, I'm attractive Can't fuck with you no more, I'm fasting Alexander here, 8th Wonder of the World Vibin' Nectar Podcast, episode 275 And, you know, there comes times when Sometimes we want to move on from certain discussions, certain individuals, but for whatever reason, Frank Ocean does not like you. He does not like me. He does not like his fan. Frank Ocean strikes again. We're going to be discussing the way he's been handling his music being posted on YouTube. From there, we're going to transition into a superhero in the NBA who's been hated on over the past past week ever since you know the lakers beat the grizzlies i'm pretty sure y'all already know who i'm gonna be talking about here from there we're gonna be transitioning into these moments of when whenever you're a fan of a rapper whenever you're a fan of the artist you have these certain songs that you really enjoy and they go through these phases of once they finish the song they drop it they love the fact that you mess with it and then they start hating on the song so they start hating on you doesn't doesn't really sound right right but we'll get there. We'll get there. From there, I want to talk a little bit about Kendrick Lamar's worst song. Man, I'm not talking about a song that's going to be like all the way in 2004 that he first started with, but rather a song that's more or less professional. I find to be very enjoyable, but for whatever reason, the internet and fans in real life just don't happen to enjoy the song as much as I do. Then we're going to be following that up with... Not just, not just one album, two, three, four, well, actually, maybe even four. We're going to be talking about some of the albums Kendrick Lamar potentially finished, ideas related to these albums within the five-year span of Damn and Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. From there, I'm going to give my little piece, my little piece on intuition. Again, I like to preach at the end of these episodes and I want to bring up the double edged sword that comes with human intuition on our day to day life. Y'all like the sound of that? Yo, clap it up for me real quick before we begin the episode. Thank you for showing love on the last one. We're here for this one. 
first two songs of the day, Jay-Z, Yay, Otis, from their Kendrick Lamar, Rich Spirit. All right, so let's get on to this in the beginning. Let's go all the way back. Frank Ocean has um has a lot of nerves. He continues to strike down our hearts left and right. And no matter how open we are, no matter how much love we're willing to give, it just isn't enough for his insane standards. It's disrespectful. I would say it's even worse than being spat in the face. Have you guys ever seen Shark Tale? Whenever Oscar's boss brings down this giant list of rankings of where his boss ranks and where Oscar ranks. And it goes through many different layers of fishes. But for those of you guys that aren't familiar with Shark Tale, it's a, it's a fish movie. <laughs> Not just a flat, it's just a fish movie. It's uh, Will Smith stars in it. I, listen, if you don't know what Shark Tale is, you might be, I don't know, too young or uncultured. With that, there's a ranking of fishes, organisms, and beings that are ahead of Oscar. And it gets to a point where like the floor is ranked higher than him. The, the feces of the animals is ranked higher than him. Plankton is being ranked higher than Oscar, who's a fish. And at the very bottom is Oscar. I believe us Frank Ocean fans are being treated the same way. At the very, very top, it's Morgan Freeman, Frank Ocean, normal, ordinary citizens. And then we have like various organisms throughout our planet, throughout our realm. And then there's Frank Ocean fans. Under, under these organisms, under the feces. We're like all the way at the bottom, at the very dirt. Nobody's going to see us. Because there was a YouTuber, or rather a user that uploaded the entire Coachella performance of Frank Ocean, which to be real with y'all, I don't know why the YouTuber put, him, put himself to that torture. I don't know why they want to put us to that torture. And Frank Ocean, or his team, or his team, filed a cease and desist letter to remove the footage from YouTube. And it just continuously goes to show that not only, not only does Frank Ocean not care about us, not only doesn't he want us to view his shitty performance, to be real with y'all. It ain't like the performance was great. So it was just like, I mean, even though you're an asshole, Frank Ocean, it'll be Frank with you, Ocean, my guy. Even though the performance was trash and you probably liberated some of us for the cease and desist. If there's one thing I cannot stand is whenever artists go out of their way to take down their content, especially content that you record. Now, I'm not here to go into the legality or guidelines of YouTube's policy when it comes to concert footage. But I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to take it down, whether whether you wanted it live streamed or not recorded or not. You're not allowed to take down YouTube footage, Frank Ocean. You're not. So already from the backlash he's received over the weeks, the discussions, and even at this moment, it's like Frank Ocean wants to remind us time and time again that I'm not the guy that you guys fell in love with over the summer. I'm not the Channel Orange that you have these memories of. I'm not the blonde. I'm not endless. Yes, I have some endless fans out there. My fault. Shouts out to us Mitsubishi Sony fans. And all the associated memories with my music that you've gone that you've been attached to, that you have these stories with, these memories, and that you plan to build on in the future. It's going to lose a little bit of value. It's going to lose a little bit of weight. It's not going to be as impactful, at least for this phase of the Frank Ocean Chronicles. And 
What do you guys think about this? I haven't really sometimes talked to you about how do you feel about these moments. And Frank Ocean's cease and desist for the user that uploaded the entire Coachella performance. Is this something that you support? And if you do support it, can you remind me why you're willing to stand through this abuse? If you could just remind me. Because I, I don't see a world where this is right. I don't see a world where this is acceptable. Uh, acceptable. And I don't see a world where Frank Ocean is going to drop music. I know it's a lot of pain in the, in the beginning of this episode. It's a lot of pain. And going on to the next topic, I want to start it with a quote. A hero is someone who has given his or her life for someone or something bigger than oneself. Now, the hero that I'm talking about plays for the Memphis Grizzlies, or at least played for the Memphis Grizzlies. Dylan, Bro- Dylan Brooks, the one, the only, the only superhero in the league who was able to take all the heat and attention away from John Moran with his antics off the court and put it all on himself. Dylan Brooks was able to take the weight off that organization and carry it on his shoulders. And how does the organization, how does the fan base, and how does, how does the whole entire NBA treat him? Like an outcast, like a bum, like a scrub, like a player that has no heart. Granted, 99% of it, he did it to himself, especially with the way Dylan Brooks would talk that talk, act that act. But then be selective when it comes to the media presentations, when it comes to the conversations. Whenever, whenever he caught too much heat, he backed away. He faded away. He thought he was Batman at a certain point, but realized, you know, I, I can't do both. I can't do both. The superhero, the, the Superman that we all needed at times would hang up his cape against the wall, look out the window and say, you know what? I don't think I'm going to keep going. I don't, I don't think I could save everybody. <laughs> that was so poetic and beautiful. Y'all need to appreciate this. With that, I got a little theory. I got a little theory. Uh, me and Adam Silver, we communicate from time to time. And he shot me sort of a cryptic message the night the Lakers won. And it was, it was along the lines of, even though the Grizzlies lost, and everyone's hating Dylan Brooks at the moment. I'm happy that John Morant is able to breathe a lot easier. Which was a bit strange. The Grizzlies just lost. John Morant, of course, is a superstar. And he's competitive. The whole entire team. And you would think the Grizzlies would want to win. And that would be the focus. But it had me thinking. I'm like, damn, what does Adam Silver mean by this? Ever since the playoffs started and Dylan Brooks has put the weight of the world on his shoulders, everybody's forgotten about John Morant's off-the-court antics, which is fantastic. Of course, the playoff, we want to be strictly basketball at times. We don't want to delve too deep into, uh, okay, now what's he doing for breakfast? Like, what is he waking up? Is he trying to, like, punch other kids? Is he trying to punch other 17-year-olds? Is he trying to look for beef in the streets? How many straps does he own? All of that erased. Dylan Brooks rose from the ashes of the Memphis Grizzlies like a phoenix, breathed some life into the team, and held them close. Held them close enough to where John Morant, whatever happened, I don't even know what happened. He was suspended for what? He got treatment. I don't even remember. Because the only thing I vividly remember is the fact that if someone doesn't drop 40 points on me, 
I can't respect them. <laughs> That's a hell of a statement. Like it's been it's been a couple of days since the series finished. I mean, damn near we're with the Lakers and Warriors at the moment. And the fact that that quote is still sort of swimming through my consciousness, just bopping around, it just takes takes me a bit to really sit there, breathe, and think like, wow, what a legend. <laughs> what a legend. Um, Dylan Brooks, especially in this situation. I wouldn't be surprised he got some money slid in. I wouldn't be, hey, 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 all I'm saying is John Moran goes up to Dylan Brooks like, hey, I know the extension that was offered to you earlier this year wasn't enough for you. And for those of you guys that are unaware, the Grizzlies offered Dylan Brooks an extension early in the season. He declined the extension. They don't want him anymore. Post these playoff series, they say, oh, no, we don't, we don't want you anyways. All right, we don't want you anyways, which is heartbreaking, heartbreaking. But John Moran probably caught wind of this and said, listen, I'm in a lot of heat. It, it ain't looking too good for me. Or Annalie Chopper with it. <laughs> the, the way John Moran's uh, effect also impacted him somehow. I'll slide you, I'll slide you X amount of money. Do what you can to, you know, make it not so much about me. Dylan Brooks said, uh, how much are we talking about here? And that's when my man Adam Silver comes out of the shadows. <laughs> comes out of the shadows like a villain and says, I'll match whatever he gives you. I'll double it. I'll double it. And that's how we got to this situation. Now, don't trust me. Don't trust my alleged source, even though I've already revealed his name. Um, I, don't, I don't like to say that I'm this close to Adam Silver. However, me and him, me and him get, a, we get along quite well. Uh, every time and time again, I send him certain certain changes we might need in the NBA. He leaves me on red, of course. But I just, I needed to give my piece on the Dylan Brooks situation as far as the attention he's gathered, the role he played, and his uncertain future. Now, I just want to say I don't believe Dylan Brooks is a player that, all right, let's ship him to, let's ship him to China, which by the way, as, as funny as the jokes can be, still an outstanding player in the grand scheme of things, in the very, very grand scheme of things. I, I believe Dylan Brooks could be a solid spark plug for a team coming off the bench. Definitely restricted minutes. Uh, Dylan Brooks needs to get his bag this summer when it comes to shooting selection and overall shooting. Overall shooting, I mean, when it comes to IQ, defensive IQ moment, all that other stuff, there's only so much I believe he can do with such a short span of time. But shooting needs to be a factor, especially at this day and age. With that, we're going to go hop over to the next portion of the podcast. Whenever your favorite rapper, favorite artist disses you, man, when they just disrespect you, slap you around, push you to the side when you've been a fan for so long, it could happen with a statement. It could happen with actions. I want to take it back all the way to, I want to say 2019. Was it 2019? I believe so. Schoolboy Q decided to say, hey, decided to respond to a tweet about people who are a fan of his track Blessed with Kendrick Lamar, which dropped all the way in 2012. For those of you guys that are not familiar with the track Blessed, it's one of the most beautiful, thought-provoking, conscious tracks Schoolboy Q has ever dropped and has one of the greatest Kendrick Lamar features ever when it comes to flow, when it comes to the lyrical context. It is, it is quite heavy. It is quite heavy. It's a pretty emotional track dedicated to a friend who lost his son 
with that, this causes Schoolboy Q to sort of reflect, take a minute and realize how much good is going for him and urges us to do the same. And then Kendrick Lamar comes in, does his thing. A lot of uh, verses when it comes to heaven, the afterlife, being grateful for what we have at the moment and the juxtaposition between Schoolboy Q, his life currently and what his friend is going through at the moment. Uh, definitely check out the track if you guys haven't already. And if you are, you understand how pivotal and phenomenal this track is, especially in 2012, Habits and Contradictions dropped. So when Schoolboy Q goes out and tweets... <laughs> Oh, hold on. So when he tweets, if you acting like Bless is a better track than The Bank, Hoover Street, Groovy Tony, John Moore, Tales, Dangerous, you just a nigga that live on the internet. If you think Bless is better than any of this, these tracks, you live on the internet. And to take it a step further, you probably only listen to two songs ever at any given moment. That all sound the same. All right, you're not a Schoolboy Q fan if this is your favorite song. You probably listen to, I don't know, anything that ain't Schoolboy Q. Disrespectful, I know. I know. Go outside and stop wearing the same colors every day. Now, that, that, last, that last one sort of confused me. Because I would like to say I wear, I wear enough colors to wear. I don't think I could wear the same colors every day. Like, y'all see me with these jerseys. I don't think I have a blue and yellow jersey for everyday use. I could only inside out, inside in these jerseys so much. But <laughs> to get serious with y'all, oh, I remember when he dropped a dad tweet. I definitely, I felt hurt. I definitely felt hurt a little bit. I'm like, damn, I'm a nigga that live on the internet. I don't know, a good portion of my life has been spent outside the internet. And for me, being someone that does appreciate these tracks, Schoolboy Q does drop as well. I mean, anything other than blessed throughout his discography, for him to tweet this speaking on blessed just seems sort of weird, awkward. Could he have been, I don't know, lack of sleep, drunk, whatever the case is? Probably. I have no idea. But for one of your most amazing, thought-provoking, I would say even like generational songs, to have been released, to have that Kendrick Lamar feature, to inspire and impact as many fans as it did, and you're shitting on it. It just doesn't make sense to me, especially knowing that I've never really met a fake Schoolboy Q fan. I don't think that's possible. I don't think it's possible for someone to be a fan of Schoolboy Q, listen to Schoolboy Q, and only listen to two Schoolboy Q, Schoolboy Q songs. Say that fast really quick. Schoolboy Q, Schoolboy Q, Schoolboy <laughs> I don't know. Ask yourself, has any moment, has there been any moment where you've met someone that claimed they're a Schoolboy Q fan and they didn't know more than two tracks, didn't know more than one album? I would like to say they have been pretty knowledgeable, pretty dope individuals as well. And when it comes time to the discussion of music, the conversations do get pretty deep. I would like to say just honestly, any TDE member, even to Kendrick Lamar, I haven't really met a Kendrick Lamar fan. That's just like, I don't know, like apparently only listens to two songs and is an internet nigga. I haven't met one yet. But when it comes to School BQ and his tweet, I'm still butthurt about it. <laughs> Yo, I think it's been, what, four years? And every now and then I run into this tweet whenever I'm, uh, uh, whenever I'm on Instagram or in like the back of my consciousness when I'm listening to this track. I'm like, damn, I'm just an internet nigga because I love this track. I'm going to go 
cry for like 10 minutes and be right back. All right. We're going to do a little, little short break. How do you guys feel about that tweet? For those of you that are a fan of Blessed by Schoolboy Q, are you going to take this disrespect? You know what? Next time he goes on a golf tournament, we're taking his club and we're running with it. We're running with that shit. And we, I, I, I want to see what he will do. Come on, Schoolboy Q. Try us. And, and now we're going to transition to this next portion, which is, what would you say is Kendrick Lamar's worst song? And no, I'm not talking about some random track he dropped on 2004 in his mixtape, 2006, or anything before. I would say 2011. And I say 2011 because of Section 80. And I say Section 80 because of the track No Makeup. This was a song that whenever it released with the album back in 2011, I enjoyed pretty well the storytelling elements, the fact that we're getting introduced to Keisha, and then even some quotables in the verse. So as in knowing whenever it comes to like that bit of a hook where I could see some people saying like, it was a bit corny, but y'all some haters. And you ain't got to get drunk to have fun repeating that. And it's just like, oh, it's true. I mean, back then I was a teenager. I didn't really drink or do crystal meth. Don't ask me why I mentioned that. And so, you know, to me, like, yeah, I don't got to have, I don't, I don't got to be drunk to have fun. I'm playing Skyrim. I'm listening to Take Care in Section 80. Um, I think at the time I was doing like football scrimmages, realized I hated football. Uh, I was I was having a grand time. But with that, uh, no makeup, uh, sometimes, well, not sometimes, um, in real life and on the internet, some of the criticism I've seen has been sort of the, Sort of the delivery on Kendrick Lamar, it is a bit more monotone and flat. <clears throat> Whenever it comes to the hook, the performance given on there just uh, leaves a lot to be desired, apparently. To me, I-, I thought it did a great job. I thought it evoked a certain amount of emotion for me. And some of the, I guess you could say, dullness really gave a little bit of flair to the story that it isn't supposed to be so grand or something, maybe even super catchy, just a little bit more on the thought-provoking side of things. I also love the title, No Makeup. Of course, Keisha, Prostitute, some of the elements thrown in here with the themes of no makeup, covering oneself, the black eye, dealing with the kind of work she had to deal with, using the makeup to make herself prettier, hide some of the bruises, some of the pain, and the way makeup is used to, of course, be able to represent how people carry themselves up instead of facing the real world, similar to how some people will drink their pain away. Alcohol being a substance that Kendrick Lamar time and time again has used throughout his entire discography for um, some of the vices, a drink that has been with him as he has grown up throughout his life, the negatives that come with it, the truth that comes out whenever alcohol is consumed and without getting too carried away in this alcohol tangent. Um, I really do appreciate this first part of Keisha's storyline. Of course, we do have Keisha's song that's introduced later on in the album, as well as the second verse on Sing About Me <clears throat> that tackles and finishes off this storyline. So for every reason that I enjoyed this song, it's like everybody else to a certain degree, maybe except like two people out of the 3,576 people I've met, Every reason that I mention is the reason why they dislike it. So I want to ask you, how do you feel about No Makeup? Is this Kendrick Lamar's worst song to you? 
Is it Kendrick Lamar's worst song? And I want to say 2011 and up because I mean, we could easily yet again bring up like a very old, terrible song that isn't mixed and mastered properly. But from 2011 and up, is there a K-Dot song, Kendrick Lamar song that you're just like, yeah, it ain't that good. It, it, it ain't that good. The only other one that I would like to probably sprinkle in here that hasn't, it's, it's one that takes me a little bit to sort of get in the groove with is probably Yeah, I believe, off of Damn. That is just like, eh, it just something about it just never really instantly hooked me in. Let me know your thoughts on that. I, I want to say it is Yeah, Y A H, Y A H. And from there, I want to discuss Kendrick Lamar's. Kendrick Lamar's disappearance from 2017 to 2023, at least when it comes to music, the man was still alive, for God's sake. What's wrong with you? So Kendrick Lamar between 2017 and 2023, from Damn to Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. On the 2018, because of course we have the Black Panther, various other songs. Had a five-year gap, no music being released, but that doesn't mean he wasn't working on new music, obviously. And there was a... Not necessarily a report, but there was a statement that's been floating around from the source Atmos, who apparently, from what I've seen in the community, is a reputable source. I don't know exactly who he is, but what is on the website leaked.cx. And he discusses the various pieces of music Kendrick Lamar worked on from Damn and Mr. Around the Big Steppers, some of the albums as well that he has worked on and dropped. And according to him, there was at least four projects in between Damn and Mr. Around the Big Steppers that Kendrick Lamar worked on, almost finished, and ultimately just felt it wasn't right. And so I'm going to start the quote here. From 2017 to 2019, between Damn and Mr. Around the Big Steppers, Kendrick Lamar made and scrapped at least four other projects that have never been announced or discussed publicly. None of the songs that came from these four projects are in circulation. Uh, apparently a rock album that was recorded in 2017. This was the album that Billboard was referring to like most likely in 2020 when they mentioned that Kendrick Lamar's fifth album will be a rock influence album. A tracklist exists for this project and it's owned by one person, but it's not public at the time. Look, Woman, Amen recorded in 2018. This was a 16-track horror-styled concept album about women. This was also the project that was the closest to being finished, as there is also a completely finished film and was made for the album that ended up being scrapped as well. Soul album recorded in 2018, but was eventually scrapped. Kendrick Lamar, ex-Baby Keem, ex-Cardo collaboration album. Recorded in 2019, this is believed to be the project from which the first parts of what eventually became Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers came from. This is all completely true, by the way, and I have verified my info with two other sources who can confirm that these projects did, in fact, exist. End quote. Now, with this, I definitely, I definitely am aware that Kendrick Lamar and Baby Keem did have a collab album due to a couple leaks before Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. One of the biggest ones being Vent on Baby Keem's The Melodic Blue. Originally, there was a Kendrick Lamar verse. Not only that, but there was portions, especially the beginning of the song, that I felt had some rock influence. Now, whether that played a bit into a rock album all the way back in 2017, 
I'm not too sure, but there are bits and pieces of um, rock invent that I was just like, I I could sort of hear the rock influence. I don't know if this was what Billboard was referring to. I believe in Count Me Out. I, there were certain bits too where I was just like, I, I feel a little, a little sprinkle of the rock inspiration. Now, as far as the other albums that but were almost finished. Like, look, Woman Amen recorded in 2018. That was 16 track horror style concept album about woman. Just uh, that description alone is pretty captivating. Horror style track about women. That's 16 tracks. I wouldn't even know how that could sonically pan out. And the fact that there was a finished film is pretty mind boggling. And, you know, a finished film to go along with the album, very grand in scale. Now, as far as like another album, like Soul Album, and then, of course, an entire rock album, who knows not how legitimate it is, but just how far along Kendrick Lamar was when it came to the creation of these projects, what was probably used as inspiration for himself later on as he continued to make new music or potentially it's just shelf to the side that we may get as a throwaway, we may eventually see as a leak going forward in something that whenever we look back on, it's just like, how would it have impacted the music scene for him, you know, from 2018 to about 2023? How would these have albums presented Kendrick Lamar? How would ha- how would we, the fans, have received the project as well? You know, there's a lot. Whenever it comes to discussion of unreleased music, scrapped albums, there's always like this giant fantasy world that at times is like, yo, the possibilities. However, I am appreciative of the fact that we ended up getting Mr. Morale in the Big Stepper, which was a quite a evolutionary step for Kendrick Lamar. And without getting... You know, without regurgitating some of the themes and elements, but just sonically was a breath of fresh air. N95 specifically being a track that just stands out to me completely. It just is captivating, alluring, jarring at times. How do you guys feel about this information? Let me know. How y'all feel about this information? With that, we're going to get into the portion of the podcast where I love to preach. I love to talk my talk, talk my shit, spit any bit of game that I can from the life that I've lived so far and from anything that I myself might learn. And I want to share with you guys, get a little bit therapeutic, if you may. And I especially enjoy doing this for the fact that this is a, a good unit of, I wouldn't say measurement, but whenever it comes to, you know, living in the future from this point, looking back at the way I thought, the way I spoke and seeing that growth or these phases in my life where that's my way of thinking. It's, it's refreshing, sort of like um I'm documenting myself to a certain extent. And I enjoy that. I enjoy that. I want to speak on this quote before I get to what I'm about to preach about. That was a quote saying that people in their 20s, young 20s, shouldn't be giving a life advice or any kind of advice. And I want to tackle that quote and say, I believe everybody at any age is able to give advice. Now, depending on the age of the person, what they're going through, you got to you gotta take that into account on how applicable the advice is. Now, at times, if you're asking, for example, an eight-year-old, 
hey, how can I be happier? How can, legitimately, I, mean, I haven't asked an eight-year-old, hey, man, I, like, I'm sad. What can I do to be happier? But if you were to ask an eight-year-old something like that, sometimes they could give you a simple answer that probably gets overlooked. Like, yo, you're sad? I don't know. Eat, eat your favorite food. Eat some candy. That makes me happy, which at the surface is like, that's it. A really candy. But at times it could be like, hey, maybe it could be as simple as just treating yourself nicely. Maybe you could take that and view it as, let me treat myself. This little boy right here, he wants to eat candy. That makes him ecstatic and happy. It might not solve all my issues, but maybe I should eat something that makes me happy. And even, you know, without being uh, at such a low age, there, there are moments where whether you're like 30s, 40s, or 50s, if any of you are in that age listening to this or higher than that, if you're like higher to 50 listening to this podcast, hell yeah, fuck with you. But I definitely believe from any age range, there is information that could be exchanged advice that is helpful at, you know, for anybody in the twenties right now, if there's advice that we're able to give one of the, one of the driving factors is the, the youthfulness, probably even the optimism. Uh, I've noticed in my life, whenever I talk to people in the 30s, 40s, or 50s whenever it comes to, you know, if life has been a bit hard, some of that optimism disappears a bit. Some of the hopefulness, especially if life hasn't panned out the way they would have hoped for. So hearing that from somebody younger, such as in the 20s, maybe even a teens, even an eight-year-old can be a bit rejuvenating, be a bit of a battery, a bit of a spark plug for that person. Now, I say this to say this is why I enjoy going on these preachy segments our last discussion had to deal with deal with the quote only God could judge. I gave y'all my 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 nice little speech on that, and today is going to be based on intuition. Now with the with this, I do I do have this written out a bit because I'm not about to sit here, not all the time. But whenever it comes time to these preachy segments, I would like to have a bit of something for me to have have structured for y'all to be a little bit more organized. Now, intuition is something we could all relate to, whether it's that gut feeling, whether it's something that just helps us make decisions and choices more quickly. But an important thing about intuition is that it can't just be an end all way for you to solve things. It can't just, you can't just solely rely on intuition 24 seven, because at times what you believe is your intuition can be wrong. It can be wrong. It can be flawed. And the over-reliance on intuition can lead you to potentially ignore factual evidence or uh, logical thinking or a more analytical way of looking at the situation. At times, if you're too focused on the gut feeling and the intuition without factoring in reasoning, you could set yourself up for, for unfavorable decisions, choices, or maybe even an, out, an outlook. So it's important to understand what your intuition is based off. When do you usually get these gut feelings? And when to combine it with logical reasoning, a good, deep analysis. And one thing that I will give intuition the credit for, at least how I've used it in my life, is whenever it does come times for those choices of, I don't have as much time to really look it over, break it down myself. I like inside my head, me and my conscious, we might not have the time or the resources. So it's like, all right, based on all of our 
experiences so far in my conscious based on our experience. We could formulate an answer in a timely manner if, if, it, if it allows us. It saves time. Intuition saves us time. And sometimes that gut feeling, hey, it really speaks to you. It really speaks to you that or you might have to shit. But <laughs> but hopefully it's not the latter. Hopefully it's just that good, quick feeling. So again, uh, sometimes the negatives of it, whenever the intuition is based on preconceived notions and biases, which may not always be accurate, can give us some jaded judgments. Our judgments could be clouded. We could end up making a poor choice. And an important thing about intuition, I believe it's important not to beat yourself down when something ends up being poorly made, when a choice ends up being poorly made based on intuition. Because I also believe there's like this sense of entitlement with being right that comes with intuition. It's like, I feel it. Ain't no way I could be wrong. And then whenever you are wrong, you sort of question yourself. You question your very being. And it's just like, damn, but I trusted myself. But this is like my gut. My gut lied to me. And sometimes you could probably even be more hurt than if it was like a deep analytical amount of time spent. Like you got a fucking, you got a fucking research paper done on this situation. Like, ain't no way. I know this is the right choice. But whenever it's your gut, sort of sit back like, I needed you. And you failed me. And I got to live with you every day. God, what's wrong with me? <laughs> what's wrong with me? But, it, it, you know, being able to just have everything mixed together is the best balance, the best of both worlds. You know, because, of course, even if we make a decision based on our subjective feelings and beliefs, there might be underlying factors that we didn't consider. And as a, re- as a result, we may let a regret or find ourselves in an even more difficult situation. So with that, I believe intuition, just like logical reasoning and just doing your research is a very important tool in your life, a very important analytical tool that at times can save time at times can actually help understand the whole entire situation. Nah, nah, my intuition got me. I knew this was happening. I knew this was going to happen. Hey, at times we are right with it. But be careful with the over-reliance at times. Be careful with the over-reliance at times as well. You got to understand that your intuition has been built by everything you've experienced so far. So don't let your intuition be the reason you can't enjoy new experiences or that you only have a sort of like a negative outlook on. Because with that, that's whenever we could throw in elements of potentially insecurities, overconfidence coming in and sort of fighting it out with you. And you don't want to be stuck in this cycle of, well, I trust myself only based on your experience so far. And that could potentially ruin interactions, close some doors. Sometimes you got to take a broader look. And overall, my grand message to this is just, you know, at times, whether it's intuition or not, life can just throw a couple, couple haymakers, left hooks at us that we cannot predict. And it's important not to shame ourselves for not being able to get it right all the time. 
especially with our intuition, because I believe that's whenever it feels the most personal. With that, Alexander Roman, eighth wonder of the world. I can't even say the rule is back because, you know, I don't really disappear. I don't really go anywhere. I'm here every Monday, Thursday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Y'all know the deal. Y'all know the deal. Tracks of the day. I'm going to say it again. Otis, Kanye, yay. If you ain't on notice, if you ain't on notice, if you ain't on Otis, now you know. Rich Spirit, Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Round the Big Steppers, all the discussions so far today from Frank Ocean to the superhero Dylan Brooks, <laughs> Schoolboy Q hating on us. Kendrick Lamar is potentially worse on some of the albums that he potentially made. Some of the potential reference tracks we might hear and just ending it off with intuition. I appreciate it. Appreciate y'all for stand, staying here for as long as you have listening to this. Follow me on Vivinector on Instagram if you enjoy the visuals. YouTube, I like to break these segments up to make them more digestible for you. And the Patreon. On Patreon, Vivinector. This is um the official sponsor of Vivinector so far. My first one, my first sponsor on Vivinector is me. Isn't that poetic? <laughs> Isn't that poetic with that? I do not have any exclusive content at the moment. As a matter of fact, this is uh, I have one tier available for five dollars a month to support the uh, support the platform. That money, in turn, of course, is going to go to any of the programs I use to keep this platform running up and running to do the things that I do on here. And definitely, the goal, of course, is to continue to have money flowing into this platform to get to a state of where this is going to, this is the full time. They ain't no other, they ain't no other money. So, so actually, you know, like stocks and stuff like that, you know, of course the, the good stuff, but that this is basically my nine to five. That is the goal. And of course, one step closer than I was yesterday. So Vivian Nectar on Patreon from there. Um, to avoid the ads, I will be uploading everything onto the Patreon. No exclusive content yet until the time and the resources are available to give you guys that. So if you enjoy what you hear, I urge you to support the platform. I appreciate y'all for being here today. Catch you Monday, 9 a.m. I'm out.